to Pass the Hot Sauce, a Roswell podcast. I'm Lorena Rose. I'm Lisa Abigail. And I'm Eliza Ora. On today's minisode, we are going to be talking about the Aetherius Society. This is a follow-up to our previous minisode, where we introduced the general concept of UFO religions. And Aetherius is the largest of these groups. They don't see themselves as a religion, though. They see themselves as a spiritual path to enlightenment and to the cosmic evolution of mankind. I read an estimate that they have about 60,000 members across almost 100 countries, but they don't actually share their membership data, so that's sort of an educated guess on the part of these researchers. Got but it. in any case, they do seem to be the group that has the largest contemporary following, and they are all across the world. And they have a pretty nice website. Yes, they have a lovely website. <laughs> so they're the largest. I also think that they're just like the nicest. They seem incredibly sincere and well-meaning. Lorena, did you want to share with us their philosophy? Absolutely. So uh, Lisa did most of the research, but I did a little bit of an overview, as I know did Elisa. But one of the things that really stood out to me is that their philosophy is that service to mankind is basically the most essential part of their practice. So um, pulled from their website, I found this this quote. It says, selfless service to others is the most important aspect of the Aetherius Society's teachings, because it is, quite simply, the most important thing in life. If you are seeking truth, this is the key. If you are seeking fulfillment, this is the answer. And I just really liked the idea that the whole point of this society, of this spiritual practice, is to be of service to other people. If we all are in service to each other, if you are looking out for other people, then other people are looking out for you. And I think that's a beautiful way to live your life. Yeah, I love that. Or as I so eloquently put it, they're really nice. (laughs) (laughs) That too. Yes, they're really nice. They also say on their website that their God does not favor one religion over another and does not yes. favor certain people of one country or race over another, yes. which is like a core part of their philosophy that all people are equal. Okay, where do I sign up? This sounds great. But wait, let me hear the rest of it first. <laughs> yeah. So um, do y'all know who imparted this wisdom to the Aetherius Society? Mr. Dr. King. George King, right? Yes, but he got this information from his good pal, Aetherius, who is from the planet Venus. Oh, sure. So this is where the UFO aspect of the UFO religion comes into play. So as uh, as y'all said, this was founded by Dr. George King. I, I don't know what his doctorate was in, so we're going to take that doctor title with a grain of salt. <laughs> Also, he would call himself Sir, but he was not knighted by the Queen of England. He was knighted by, like, some exiled former royals of somewhere, apparently. Sounds legit to me. Yep. So in 1954, George King was contacted in London, like I said, by the Venusian being called Aetherius, and Aetherius told George King that he was about to become the voice of the Interplanetary Parliament. And George King, probably like most of us, had never heard of the Interplanetary Parliament, but this seemed pretty important. Mm -hmm. So he was like, yeah, okay. 
So he believed that Aetherius was a member of the Great White Brotherhood, which is a group of cosmic masters. And the Great White Brotherhood is actually something that was, <laughs> I'm going to say, discovered by Helena Blavatsky. And if that name sounds familiar, it's because we talked about her in our last mini-sode. She co-founded the Theosophical Society. And so you can really see their ideas about ascending to a higher state of consciousness through the wisdom of ancient masters in the Aetherius Society's teachings. Okay. George King had been involved in theosophical and occult groups, so it's pretty clear that that's where those ideas came from. Mm-hmm. He continued to have contact with Aetherius through the years, and he would initiate these contacts by entering into a yogic trance. And so that explains why yoga is one of the key elements of Aetherian practice mm. today. So he was able to contact the Cosmic Masters only at certain times when a celestial body called Satellite Number 3 traveled close enough to the Earth, and they did this purposely to increase the amount of spiritual energy that could be made available to humans as a defense against evil and outside spiritual influences from outer space. Mm-hmm. All right. And these evil influences specifically have attacked us because of our backwardness as humans, as we all know. We're some of the least evolved beings in our solar system. So, easy targets. Okay, that's a lot of information. Yeah, there's a lot more, I bet. Yeah. So the Cosmic Masters have been protecting us and trying to help guide us to a higher level of spiritual evolution. They've been doing this for a long, long time, but it became especially important when King was first contacted. As I said, this was in the mid-50s, and so this was recently after humans had developed uh, atomic weapons. With that, they had the power to not only destroy humanity, but also to destroy the Earth herself. And the Earth, of course, as we all know, is a living being who is much more spiritually evolved than we are. So Mm -hmm. they couldn't let that happen. We already knew that. Mother Earth. We know this. Right. Exactly. So their key beliefs, and this is from their website, their current up-to-date website. So these are their contemporary key beliefs. So as Lorena said, service to mankind is the most essential spiritual practice anyone can perform. And their motto, and I think, Aliza, you came across this, is service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. Mm-hmm. And Aliza, do you understand this any better than I do? Because it doesn't super make sense to me. I know. I also like had trouble <laughs> understanding it. What confuses me the most is attainment. It's like attainment right. of what? If you're trying to attain your goals in life, trying to attain happiness and service is the jewel. And like, sure, maybe like service is how you will attain whatever. But um, I, yeah, it alone out of context does not make much sense to me. Yeah, I was thinking like, okay, if service is the jewel in like the rock of life, then it's like, that's the bright part. That's the part that yeah. you gravitate towards. But like in the rock of attainment? I don't know. Right. Attainment out of context is just like. Yeah. Attainment of what? It sounds fancy. It does sound fancy. It certainly does. We can find out more. Um, But they also believe yoga should be practiced regularly and in accordance with a profound and ancient spiritual philosophy. So this is more like the Eastern traditional way of doing yoga, not the Western, like, I'm going to do this to get abs. And they believe spiritual energy is just as real as something like electricity and this spiritual Mm -hmm. energy can be used to heal inspire guide bless and protect those to whom it is directed in their view prayer is not about asking favors of a deity but rather it is about attracting spiritual energy to yourself and then using that energy in service of others that sounds great i'm like that makes just as much sense in fact 
you know, to me, it makes more sense, you know, praying to to reach your own potential with, Mm -hmm. you know, to be able to help others. I think that's a great idea. I love that. Yeah, I think it's a lot nicer than being like, hey, Lord, help me do well on this math test. Instead, you're like, hey, there are people suffering. I would like to draw energy to myself and then send it out to them to help heal them. Mm -hmm. It's very sweet. So and I think a part of this is that they think uh, we all carry within us the essence of the divine, a spark of God. And this is that theosophical idea that we talked about last time. Um, it's I, sometimes called pantheistic. It's the sense of God is existing everywhere and in everything. So every mm-hmm, one of us mm-hmm. has this like higher self within us. And that's where you're sending your spiritual energy. Yeah, that God is all around us and in all things. That's part of um, on a total tangent, but Shintoism in Japanese Mm. culture, which I won't pretend to be an expert on, but I did live in Japan and learned a little bit about it from my coworkers and the people that I spent time with. But like part of Shintoism is the idea that God is in nature and God is in all things around us, which is why the Shinto holidays are like mountain day, ocean day, like they're celebrating the different things in nature because God is part of all of those things. That's nice. Yeah, it's like the animistic religions of like American Indians and other indigenous peoples tend to have that idea as well. I feel like to an extent, like some monotheistic religions or like some sects of monotheistic religions talk about that of God being not only omnipotent, but omnipresent. Mm-hmm. And that the idea of everybody being made in Judaism, we say, but Elohim, like in the image of God, that, mm-hmm. you know, that we all have a little bit of that godness in us i just that just sparked a memory for me Eliza, of reading a book in hebrew school about how <laughs> god is everywhere all the time and like he's always seeing you and he's hearing you and he knows everything and being like ah like he's not santa claus <laughs> okay so that's exactly the conversation that i had with my hebrew school teacher where i was like he sees me when i'm sleeping and he knows when i'm awake and she was like no baby no no <laughs> but he doesn't bring me presents like the christian kids what's going on <laughs> this sucks <laughs> I I feel like I really missed out on this. Hanukkah Harry was not as good. No, that was just not a thing. Anyway, back to this religion, or sorry, spiritual path to enlightenment and cosmic improvement. It's just, it's a mouthful. It's just not as easy to say as religion. I know, it's a lot, yeah. But so they think that through yoga and through service to others, we can all develop our intuition and our innate psychic abilities that are in all of us. Cool. I would like to test this theory out. Yeah. I want to reach my psychic abilities. Maybe our next podcast we can do telepathically. Okay. Sounds like a great idea. I'm down. I'm sending y'all signals with my mind. Is it working yet? Yes. (laughs) I can't believe you said that. (laughs) So we talked about how Mother Earth is a living being, but I want to read this quote from their website uh, because it gets intense. Okay, please. Yes. Quote, The Mother Earth is a living goddess who is sacrificing her own evolution to provide a home for humankind, a backward and often barbaric race. Not wrong. And so the Ethereum Society works to help her in this task. They're trying to lift some of the burden off of 
our dear mother who we don't treat very well. That's all very true. And so then, of course, we get into the alien stuff. So one of their core beliefs is that advanced extraterrestrial life exists on other planets within our solar system. We can't detect it because it exists at higher frequencies of vibration. And the beings that are out there are referred to as cosmic masters, sometimes even called gods due to their advanced spiritual development. Without them visiting us throughout our history, we wouldn't have survived as a species. And so the Cosmic Masters has, have previously come to us. I think, Lorena, you had a few examples of how they oh, came yes. when they decided to inhabit earthly bodies to impart their wisdom to us. Um, Jesus was a Venusian alien mm-hmm. who came upon us to share his wisdom with us, as that was Buddha sense. and mm-hmm. Krishna. Um, they were all Venusians who were sent to earth which also just further proves that all religions are interconnected and no one religion is above Mm. another because all of these religious masters from different spiritualities all came from venus but for all of the christians out there you can rest easy knowing that the star of bethlehem was in fact a spaceship Yes. And it could raise or lower its frequency depending on whether the aliens wanted it to be visible or invisible. Okay. Which is a pretty neat trick. I want to learn that one. Yeah. Yep. And the fact that these cosmic masters exist on a higher plane than we do, so they're invisible, that explains why science can't prove that there are aliens on Venus or on any other Mm. planet in our solar system, because the human eye cannot detect them because they exist at a higher plane. And we don't have like the tools and equipment yet to be able to detect and, you know, document that. Correct. So if you were to take the cynical view on this, you might say that this ideology was developed in response to scientists discovering that Venus is completely inhospitable to life, and that this belief maybe wasn't part of George King's original beliefs, but then once they figured that out, they were like, oh, but they vibrate differently. this is why. So, yeah. yeah. Because they're also, like, they're not disputing science. They're saying like, yes, that is true. You didn't find anything there and here's why. They are trying to bring together science and religion. Mm -hmm. So they're like, yeah, science is totally legit, but there are things beyond science that not everyone is aware of. Which could entirely be true. Yes. You know, unlikely, but true. Like there is stuff that our science doesn't know. Right. And we were saying this, I think, before we started recording, but I mean, all religions are based on faith and they're all Mm -hmm. based on some ideas that if you don't believe them, sound a little out there. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point of faith is that it's something you can't prove, but you believe it anyway. Yeah. So I don't think this is more or less weird than any other belief system necessarily is. I agree. I think it's less weird than some. Yep. But we won't say which ones because we don't want hate mail. No. Because I'm being respectful because no religion is better than another unless your religion involves hurting people. Yes. Then other religions are better than that one. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But going back to other religions, if you read ancient Judeo-Christian and Hindu texts, you will find, according to the Aetherius Society, evidence that UFOs have been coming to Earth from other planets for millennia. (gasps) And we have talked about this, like, a little bit, this was some of the, the ancient astronaut theories um, where people interpret talk of gods as alien beings. 
Hmm. So there are also, we talked about in Theosophy in our last episode, I mentioned that they believe in karma and rebirth. And so the Aetherius Society also incorporates that belief. They think of karma as the great cosmic teacher, which teaches us the lessons we need to advance in our journey through spiritual evolution. And we get reincarnated over and over until we learn all of the lessons that we can from this process. And then we can leave the wheel of rebirth and start a higher experience cycle on another planet and we can become cosmic masters. Yeah. This sounds cool. Wow. That's great. I'd love to be a cosmic master. So when George King passed away, when George King of England <laughs> passed away. The, the comma placement there is very important. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I one of the things I read talked about like in an interview that was with him during his lifetime the way he said his name and the like pauses that he put in there left it sort of to question. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I mean obviously he ascended to being a cosmic master when he passed away. He was already at such a high level to be able to like impart this knowledge on us when he passed away from this plane. I can only assume he is now a cosmic master and not just in another reincarnation, still learning. He must have already been at his, like, top level of learning. Yeah, so it's interesting. Some of the um, texts that I was reading about the Aetherius Society said that they believe that George King has ascended to be a cosmic master. Mm -hmm. But on their actual website and in their literature, I couldn't find that. So I don't know if that is, like, an outside interpretation or if it's just something that they're like, maybe this will sound weird and we shouldn't put it on our website. I don't know. (laughs) But also, not everyone becomes a cosmic master. Some people sacrifice that to choose to remain on Earth as ascended masters to continue providing guidance directly to us humans here. And so those are like the ascended masters, I think, that Helena Blavatsky was talking about in Theosophy. Got it. So that's interesting. Another fun quote from their website Due to the wrong thought and action of humankind for millennia, the balance of world karma at present is not good. That's a euphemism. I can't imagine why. And so this, they say, this is what prevents more direct intervention from the Cosmic Masters. This is why they haven't landed in a major city. It's because our karma is so bad that they're like, we can't talk to you right now. Like, call us back when y'all have figured your stuff out. Yeah, our collective good place points are in the negative. Yes. And so that's why, um, so there were like maybe a couple earlier things where George King thought some stuff was going to happen and then that stuff didn't happen. And so then you have to be like, well, why didn't it happen? And the answer is because you guys didn't try hard enough. Because humanity is not good enough. So they specifically are working to improve world karma. And part of the way that they do that, a big part of the way they do that is through their cosmic missions. And The biggest one of those that's currently operating is Operation Prayer Power, where folks direct their spiritual energy that they attract through that dynamic praying I talked about earlier. They direct it into spiritual energy batteries, which you can later use in times of need. Can I just say, when you said cosmic missions, I thought of like when Christians go on missions to like other countries, it's like cosmic missions, like we're going to Mars to convert people. (laughs) So one of the things I appreciate with the about them is that it's not like that. They don't proselytize because, as Lorena said, they respect all religions, mm-hmm. which is something that I like because I find being preached to and having people attempt to convert me is something that happens a lot as a Jew in the southern U.S., and mm-hmm. it's not fun. And I think, like, the basis of proselytizing is the belief that 
one religion is better than the other. Right. It's always people who are trying to save your soul and they're just like genuinely concerned about your well-being. But it all comes from this place of it's the place of being like, I know truths about the world that you don't know. Mm -hmm. And so I'm smarter than you. I know more than you. And I'm going to share this with you. You're welcome. Even if they think it's coming from a place of love, that's not how it comes off to the people that you're trying to convert. A lot of the time for them, it's coming from like, you know, Mm -hmm. well-intentioned, like a place of caring about you and kind of missing the mark and not understanding that. That all religions are valid. Including including a lack of religion, including atheism. Mm -hmm. All right. So back to these lovely non-judgmental folks. Yeah. Another one of their current operations is Operation Sunbeam, where they send spiritual energy directly to the Earth to try and go like a very small way towards evening out the tremendous spiritual debt that we owe to her because we live on her and we live off her and we do a lot of pretty messed up things to her and she is still just always there for us, providing for us. And so they try whenever they can to send spiritual energy back to the earth instead of sending it out to humans who are just going to take more energy from her. Mm. It sounds nice. It does. It totally does. I also read something about they like had this mission where they like climbed a bunch of the mountains of the world, the like highest peaks in the world to gather spiritual energy and now they like pilgrimage to those mountains because they feel like that gives them like a boost of spiritual energy to go back to these mountains where they've placed their symbology. Yes, that was Operation Starlight. It is no longer active because they completed that mission in the early 60s. And yeah, they charged, uh, I found different numbers, either 18 or 19 holy mountains with spiritual energy. So those mountains are now all like fully charged and they make the pilgrimages there and they focus their spiritual energy. And so they think these are really important in like averting major natural and man-made disasters. And they will tell you that like they have successfully averted some serious disasters that would have killed a lot of people through these uh, uh, releases of spiritual energy. Where are these mountains? They're all over the world. Okay. So it's not like a group of mountains in one mountain range. No, they are all over. So you can probably get to one if you need to make a pilgrimage and have some spiritual energy. All right. I want to look up where the closest one to me is. Okay, Eliza. Ooh, you are closest to Mount Adams in New Hampshire. Oh, hey. Let's go. There you go. There's also, in the USA, we also have Mount Baldy in Southern California, Mount Talek in Northern California, and Castle Peak in Colorado. And then other mountains, a lot of them are in the UK. There are a couple in Australia, one in New Zealand, one in Tanzania, one in Switzerland, and one in France. Wow. Anyway, so they're, like, pretty major. And, like, well-organized, it seems. So well-organized. And I think this is part of the reason that this organization has lasted so long. It's been 65 years, and they're still going strong even after the death of their founder. So I think there are several reasons for this. Um, George King had established himself as a charismatic leader, and he made sure to lay down a clear philosophy, which he presented in several books and many lectures. A lot of those lectures were recorded for posterity, and all of the books are still available and are distributed through the Etheria Society, and one of them is the Twelve Blessings, which forms the basis for their, I guess they're not religious services, but they are prayer services that they host 
on a weekly basis. Um, and so like he made sure that everyone knew it was a very clear ideology. It wasn't like, well, I think maybe this and that. It was like, boom, 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 boom. Here are our principles. Here's what you should do if you want to be a member of the Ethereum Society. He also had established bases in both the UK and the US. So as I said, he got his first revelation in the UK, but he moved to California in the late 1950s. And so currently the Ethereum Society has two headquarters, one in London and one in Los Angeles. So like they have a really strong base of operations in both of those places. Two major cities. Yeah. And we mentioned Dr. King died in 1997, but before that, he made sure to appoint a board of directors. And since he was the link to the Cosmic Masters, his handpicking these people conferred on them this sense of legitimacy. And so they didn't see a huge outflow of members the way that a lot of organizations do when their leader dies. And in addition to the board, he also established a clear leadership and management structure that involves three main international bodies. And I mostly want to just tell you about them because of the name of the third one. (laughs) So the first is the international directors who oversee administration and finance. The second is the senior engineering officers who are responsible for the cosmic missions. And then the third group is the people who manage the churchy stuff, like those services I mentioned. They also manage the pilgrimages to these mountains um, and then ordinations and other initiations. There's a whole initiate structure, which we don't need to get into but this group of people is called the ecclesiastical synod nice ecclesiastical synod yeah how do you spell that oh s-y-n-o-d so a synod is like a group i don't even know if i'm pronouncing that right synod apparently according to google it's synod i've only ever seen it written but it's like a group of church people so fine the ecclesiastical synod I think synod sounds better. Can I just stick with that? (laughs) Executive decision. It's pronounced synod. Yeah, it should be. And then I think another reason that they've lasted so long is because they're just so nice. They're so (laughs) nice. They just want to help everyone. Like, who's going to argue with them? No one has attacked them. No one's been like, these people are dangerous. They're not a cult that's like taking money from their members. They're just nice and they just want to serve others. And like Lorena said, they respect all religions. So there's this quote from George King that they put on their website where he said, I do not ask the unbeliever to believe at once, but only request that he applies that which Ethereus says to his own reason and acts upon that which, in the light of greater reason, is acceptable. Hmm. So he's like, hey, just do what makes sense to you. But like maybe read these ideas. And if they sound good to you, then awesome. And, like, be a good person. Right? It's so reasonable. I like it. If you are interested, you can visit their website for more information. I'll put it in the show notes, but just Google the Aetherius Society, which I also don't know if I'm pronouncing correctly. It's A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S. Sounds good. it's Aetherius. If you're not ready for that, you can become a friend of the Aetherius Society. You can sign up for their newsletter. Or, Lorena, tell us another way you can find out more. Yeah, they also, if you check out their website, um, they have a whole link for podcasts. We like those. Yes, we all like those. Obviously, you're listening to us talk. But they have a couple of different podcast series that you can listen to. They have a podcast series about the 12 blessings that Lisa touched on and another podcast series on the nine freedoms if you want to learn what those are. Um, so, you know, if you want some Aetherius Society in your ear holes, you can check out their podcast and learn a little more about what they're about firsthand. 
And if you want some Ethereum Society on your body, you can go to their website to request a free spiritual healing where, I don't know, I assume you have to like go to a place where they have people, but they will treat you for free. And they acknowledge that their spiritual healing is a complementary rather than an alternative treatment. And they do encourage you hmm. to go to the doctor if you think you might be sick. Great. Which, thank goodness. Yeah. Um, they also say it's not a faith healing, it's a spiritual healing. So even if you don't believe in it, it could still work for you. I did already look up where my closest chapter is oh, to me here in New York City. It's in Bridgeton, New Jersey. So I could go there for Sunday services or for a spiritual healing. You could, but since right now, and I assume whenever this airs, we're recording this at the end of March, um, but during this pandemic, the Ethereum Society is broadcasting a series of world healing services online, which you can access for free, and during those, you are invited to radiate spiritual energy that they will be collecting and putting out in the world to contribute to global healing efforts. Because they're just nice people, and they just want to help everybody, and I love them so much. That's wonderful. This is the only group that the more I read about it, I wasn't like, I don't know. I was like, aw, really? For me? You want to help me? Okay, (laughs) thanks. I just looked it up, uh, and the closest one to me is also in New Jersey. So, Lorena, I'll meet you there. Perfect. I guess Miami is the closest one to me. But Michigan gets two? Come on. (laughs) And then California has like six. Well, that makes sense. I get that. But like there's one in Virginia. Virginia. And the one in New Jersey instead of like DC and New York. I guess real estate's cheaper. Or it's wherever there's somebody who wants to be a spiritual leader. It's true. Wherever there was like a community that tried to open a place. You can apply through their site to be like a local organizer for them. So maybe that's what I should do. Yeah. If you need a chapter in New Orleans. They would have one member at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> You're like, I just want to do the being nice part. Yeah. I'm on board for that. And the like radiating positive energy part. Yes, I can I can do that. Count me in. Thanks for joining us for this discussion of the nicest people on Earth or on any other planet. The Aetherius Society. In our next minisode, we'll be continuing our discussions on UFO religions. But first, we'll be back next Tuesday with Roswell Season 1, Episode 19, Foursquare. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and leave us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice to make it easier for other Roswellians to find us. The best way to get in touch with us is to send us an email at roswellhotsauce at gmail.com, and we would really love to hear from you. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at roswellhotsauce. As always, you can find our website at roswellhotsauce.com, where you'll find show notes about today's episode as well as all of our other episodes. And you can find other information like bios about your fabulous hosts and sound editor. Until next time... Let's all just be nice to each other.